Welcome to Stand at the Table. We are friends in community, part of a church called Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Despite our many differences, we aim to stay at the table, which means we don't walk away from each other when we disagree. We believe the best relationships come when we are willing to listen to each other, showing love even when we continue to see the world differently. Today we're joined by Sophia Futris as a new member of our table. In today's conversation, we discuss some of the feedback we've received from you, our listeners. We've heard questions about when is it appropriate to leave the table or does staying at the table mean we always have to stay in relationship with everybody we know? So in today's conversation, we talk about what staying at the table is not. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, and we're so glad that you're tuning in. We are here again, sitting around the table with Matt Kistler and James Beatty and myself, Tracy Saletta, and we have somebody new at the table with us today. Woohoo! Right. <laughs> and that would be Sophia Futris. And she is an elder here at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. And I'm going to ask Sophia to introduce herself this morning, or maybe you're not listening to this in the morning, but introduce herself and tell us a little bit about yourself, Soph. Thanks so much. I feel so lucky to be on the podcast this morning. And I have been an elder at Cornerstone since 2019, I believe. I was ordained in 2018, and it has been quite the journey to be at this table with you all and have learned so much and can, can't even imagine, honestly, what has transpired over the last few years for me personally and for us as a church. So super excited to dive into today's conversation and looking forward to seeing what it looks like. You did that so well. <laughs> Well, we welcome you to the table. So we so appreciate everybody tuning in. And um, we know you're tuning in because we've gotten some feedback and it's been great feedback. So we're going to pause in our podcasts and have this conversation about what staying at the table is not. Because we've had or I've had some people come to me and say, you know, when is it okay to leave the table? Or does this mean never leaving a church, never leaving a relationship, never leaving a toxic situation, never leaving a job? So we're going to dive right in today. And we are going to, I'm going to let the table speak for itself on what staying at the table is not. And James, I am going to start with you. Thanks for that. Um, what staying at the table is not for me is when you know you're about to suffer abuse, right? I start there. Um, if the conversation is just a battle, is there uh, a table to have a discussion at in the first place, right? It is when we use the metaphor of staying at the table, we're talking about. Uh, placing our different ideas out in the open so that we all can examine them together and see something new. If a person is just in defense of a uh, of an established uh, mindset or paradigm and there is no movement and we fully understand it, it's not there to just take abuse and to just 
live with. Um, it is not um, one dominating over the other. It is not a place where it, wrong can happen or should be happening. It is a place where there's new ideas, new experiences, and full exposure of what we think, feel, and want going forward should be happening. That's what we're staying at in my mind. Okay. Can you um, can you disagree at that table? Absolutely. Uh, disagreement is a part of the reason you, you're there. Um, it, it, disagreement, it, it doesn't mean at the end of the conversation at the table that there's full agreement. There is, now I know what you mean. Now I know uh, our different perspectives. Um, now I know you, right? We all come from different backgrounds and structures and and, and, and thought patterns. Um, so when I engage a new person, I start framing them in my paradigm. The table is to get me to see them in their paradigm, what they bring and want me to understand about them. So there's still a part that now needs to happen to me as the person at the table, understanding that full paradigm and see where in my paradigm do things need to shift to properly incorporate what they are, right? I've assumed what they are and what this situation is. That now all needs to shift. And if there's no shifting, is there a table? Ah, all right. That's, that's what I mean by that. Okay. Sophia, we're going to invite you this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, James, I love what you shared. I especially loved um, just how you talked about meeting the person in their space, not trying to bring your own agenda to the space. And uh, also, I feel like something that I've been thinking about with the table for a while is that the table is not just this church. The table is not just one relationship or one um, circle of leadership or one event. The table is humanity at large, I believe, and is also the table of God's people all over the world connecting as the big church. And so I think that there are times where you, where one can or I can say, I want to stay at this table, but I need to move a few seats down from people or circumstances that are really unhelpful for me right now, really unhealthy, really toxic, really unsupportive. It doesn't mean that those people or those situations are evil or are should be banned from the earth or the existence of my presence. It just means that right now in the space that I'm in, I can't sit right next to you because it's too loud for what's best for me. And then I say, I'm not going to leave this table totally because we are all one in some way in the universe and you are a part of me and I am a part of you, but I need to just separate myself just a bit to give myself some space. That's really good. That's good. It, it, it brings, you know, to my mind, othering people, mm-hmm. which we are going to get to in this conversation as well. So hold on to that thought. And Matt, what about you? Yeah, when I think about being at the table, I think about what are the ground rules for the table. And some of the things that we've been talking about as core values, to me, 
our pre-assumptions about what it means to be at the table. I need to respect and value you equally to me. Right. Before we can even say we're at the table. If that fundamental respect isn't there, we're not talking about a table. We're talking about, you know, a dehumanizing situation. You know, I need to extend and receive grace with you. Right? So, without those frameworks, we're not at a table. We're just in the wild punching each other. Mm. And so, it's, to me, the staying at the table paradigm is a, a, includes a baseline assumption about how we interact, how we view each other, how, like, our intent, as James was saying, like, what our intent is being here at the table and I think we have to be able to discern. I, I was just telling you about a conversation I had earlier this week, Tracy, and I've had a similar conversation about a similar topic with another person years ago. And it struck me that the first person came at me and I did not have a sense that they were planning on listening to me. Mm. They were planning on proving me wrong. Mm. That was their heart. And you could tell it by their demeanor, their emotion, their words. Their intent was to correct me. Well, this time I had a, a similar conversation with a friend. Mm-hmm. And his intent was to understand me and support me. And even though neither conversation was comfortable or fun, and, and honestly, even the one with my friend was quite exhausting, at the at the heart of it, I was able to keep sitting at a table. We were at a restaurant for, you know, about two hours because I knew he was there to hear me and he loved me. Mm-hmm. And so wherever he, even if he came out and said, you know, I just think you're just dead wrong, which he didn't, but he, he wasn't saying I was right, <laughs> um, that he would still love me. I'd still be in relationship with me, yes. with him. And um, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be coming after me through as a result of the conversation that we had at that table. So, in regards to what everybody is saying here, you know, I'm a very linear, practical person. I need it spelled out for me. So, in in with what everyone is saying here, what does it mean to stay at the table? with those you're disagreeing with? What does it mean to stay at the table when you're in a church situation that is toxic to you? What does it mean to stay at the table when you are in a conversation in which there is disagreement? So, Matt, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, so I think one piece is discern whether you're in good faith, basically. Figure out, are these people valuing me is is this table one where everyone is valued where grace is being extended where the underlying assumption is you know we love each other so that's one piece of it one step another step is staying at the table means realigning our bias so my sense of our culture now is that we have a bias toward fleeing we are an individualistic yes. culture yes. and that's a, you know, that's a, there's a whole continuum of how quickly we could leave. And what we're saying staying at the table is we're not going from 10 to zero, but we're saying 
the appropriate um, setting on that calibration is probably we need to stay through five, four, maybe even three. If we're all in goodwill, we need to be have a bias towards staying because of the whole volume of scripture and experience we see that God desires unity amongst his people. But there's also a point on that continuum when we've seen that people are not there with goodwill, are not there to love us, that we need to move, like we need to put boundaries up on on whatever that relationship is. And I liked what you were saying, Sophia, like that might be shifting down a couple seats, or maybe it's realizing that this person's really not at this table. How would you respond to that, Sophia? Yeah, I I agree. And I'm thinking your question is practical, right? So I'm like, if, if somebody is being forcefully abusive, you don't stay, you, you move immediately down the table, um, or you remove yourself from that certain section of the table so that you can be safe. I think it's important to talk about those practical things as well. Uh, and I think that for me, something that really assisted me in staying at the table during a lot of difficult conversations was having a strong support. Somebody like Tracy, somebody like people in my life who I really talked to and was like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. It would be a lot easier for me to leave but what are the benefits of that and what are the negative effects of that? And this situation may not last forever. Can I remain if it's not going to last forever? Or is this something that right now I need to remove myself from? And I think holding in mind the idea of impermanence when we're at the table is knowing that in the midst of any kind of situation, it probably won't stay that way for long. Uh, And evaluating, can I stay here for this period or can I put up a boundary and say if it continues for X amount of months or years or whatever it is then I need to make it make a shift and move down the table and kind of having your own boundaries of what's acceptable for you James what about you I was trying to think th- about this through the lens of specific examples and in in what I like about what all of you have said so far is hopefully whoever's listening, you get the sense that it's not easy in your decision making. And it's not mm-hmm. um, what was right for me in my situation will be right for you. Because the the word that originally hit me is toxic. And I said, oh, no, if it's toxic, I'm out. But then, <laughs> then Matt follows with, well, our biases toward fleeing. And I'm like, well, am I getting caught in my, in my bias toward fleeing? And I was like, yeah, okay, but what examples then, right? Because then that becomes the very tangible linear piece. And I was thinking of where I am right now in terms of thinking about me, my my family, my culture. If I'm in an environment that is toxic toward African-Americans, I am out in a blink. Why? Because... There is too, and Matt was talking about, is there a certain framework that already exists? Do we already respect each other? What's already missing from the table that would allow me to mm, stay? Yeah. 
right? Yeah, um, and so those, and I, and it's almost impossible for us to say what your complete situation is that's listening to this right now, but you need to look at all the different pieces of your situation in order to answer this question. If there's a lack of respect, um, you're probably closer down to that zero or that one, right? If there is a lack of grace, now you're, you know, you're moving down that scale. If all of these other frameworks are not in place, I think when we talk about staying for the conversation uh, and using Matt's example of a conversation about a topic years ago versus now is the context has changed so he can move up the scale. He can move closer to staying in relationship longer term because all of these things work together. It's it's grace. It's valuing people It's we are all humans engaged mm-hmm. one another i'm not trying to prove you wrong or right these all work together for this table yeah and you know you all are because i put the question out there are talking about the practical aspects and the toxicity and i love what you said about fleeing because we do have a culture of fleeing if i'm uncomfortable i run for me it is also an ethereal um, paradigm that I carry. And I actually um, wrote this down. And for me, it's the threefold nature of humanity. And it's the me, individualistic, right? That it is me, I am here, and everybody else is out there. And then it is the we. And so it's me and my people, my family, my community, what have you. And then it's everybody. And so for me, staying at the table is the everybody part. And you alluded to this, Sophia, and you just said it too, is that you are important because you're human. For me, it's the image of even in a very toxic situation that I physically remove myself from, but I do not remove the humanity from the person who is in front of me. So for me, staying at the table is guarding my own heart with grace and forgiveness, even in the face of somebody that is extremely unhealthy. It does not mean I stay physically. I move down the the table. I move away from the toxic situation. I may leave the church, but I don't leave with bitterness, with hatred, Mm. with not recognizing that that person in front of me carries the Imago Dei, no matter how ugly they may be, no matter how much I might disagree with the way they do life or what they have done, even heinous acts that I look at a person and go, you need to go to jail or you need something to happen because what you did was wrong, they still carry within them the human image hmm. that I must find in my heart, um, the forgiveness. So for me, it was interesting when people started talking to me because for me, it was not a physical, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. It's not a physical position. It's a spiritual, emotional position, and it has more to do with me. Because if I'm always fleeing and leaving the table with everybody, I become an embittered judgmental, Mm -hmm. um, 
ugly person myself to be around, and it's not helpful to me. So for me, it it is it is recognizing I am you, you are me. We all have our flaws. We all fall short. Can we have grace and mercy, value and respect? You know, people. Can mm-hmm. we can we understand that that we all have the potential to be the toxic one? What are your thoughts with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a great way of kind of wrapping it up because, you know, there is that tension of, am I staying at the table when I do this? And and I think the way you put it was so beautiful that ultimately the, your personal staying at the table is your heart position toward other. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you close the door on the potential of another person, you know, expressing God in any way, you have left the table in in that relationship. Yeah. But you can keep that door open, even a crack, while physically removing yourself, while, you know, setting significant boundaries between you and that other entity, an individual or an organization. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's kind of the clarity that people need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think especially as we look at just the transformation, not the transformation, but the uh, the development over time of, of of denominations, right? So it wasn't enough that they split. It, they Then they had to dehumanize and they had to make the other sound extremely, extremely awful. Like they were really bad people. And we're saying, no, there was an issue that you couldn't work out. You love them, but right. it, you moved on. Right. I can't tell you well I won't because then <laughs> <laughs> like name names or something, is that what no, you're going no, to? Well, it, it it was I remember things growing up what I would hear about the Catholic Church and going, Well, was all that necessary? Really? To tell a kid that kind of stuff, was mm-hmm. that really necessary? All right, you believe something different. Right. End of story. Stop. That was enough. Yeah, but we go that extra mile when we leave tables. Now everybody at that table must now be evil because I left that table. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the I think it's the and with and it's leaving sometimes physically, but it's more about I agree. I, I I feel like if you if we can if we can get that concept of staying at the table, we can grasp I feel the very heart of God. Because I feel like this is what God does every day with us. Mm. And this is the this is the image of the communion table of of love. And I feel like this is this is the key in a lot of ways of learning to live the way of love is the golden rule. And I have this rule for my own life. And I say, I will never say I would never do that. When I hear about a situation with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. somebody, uh, something happens or somebody does something heinous. And I hear in a group of people say, Oh, I would never do that. And I think, well, you don't know, right? If you went through X, Y, and Z and you were abused and you were 
told you were nothing all your whole life and then you got caught up in X, Y, and Z, you don't know what you would do. And um, so I always try and live from that place of but for grace that I go to. And it keeps me in this place of we're all in the same playing field. We are all the same. We all start at the same level. And then when I leave, I can look at you with a different place of love and equality as opposed to, oh, I can't believe you did that. I would never do that. And I'm going to go be around people who would never do that because that world doesn't exist because we all have the potential to do that. And we also all have the potential and the invitation to extend grace when we do it. Yeah. That's the everybody. That's the recognizing the everybody. So, again, um, I read this quote, and sadly, I did not write the author down. But it was this, for any ounce of exclusion that I have within, the other side is feeling the same way. Mm. And for me, again, that is the everybody. That is recognizing that for every ounce of frustration or something that I have in a conversation, there's another perspective and another side that the other person is feeling. And and alongside of that, I also want to say, in our circumstance, because um, we are going to continue um, our podcast at later, you'll hear this coming up in, in January, February, about our statement of inclusion here at Cornerstone. And I think about people who have left and that it was a healthy leave. So sometimes when you leave the physical table, it is a healthy leave for the, for the table itself mm-hmm. and the conversation. Yeah. So there are so many nuances to this. So does anybody have any final thoughts they'd like to share before we close today? I mean, I think the only thing I would add is that there's always there's always a, a, the space for discernment, right? I mean, I, I think it's hard to know us from a virtual you know, podcast relationship that we have with yes, all of you. Yes. <laughs> but if you if you were sitting here with us, you would know that we would never say you always have to do X. Right. So, you know, just hear us clearly when we say staying at the table, we're not saying you always have to stay in close relationship with X or, right. you know, you always have to, you know, th- there's always room for, for what God is speaking to you. Yes. There's always room to listen and say, it's time for me to go. I think our our encouragement through this conversation is, you know, we, we've calibrated ourselves as a society to run or to close off. And for us to have the important conversations that need to be had to... To, to care for our world right now, we need to recalibrate. Yeah. We mm-hmm. need to change mm-hmm. our bias by steps and sometimes even by big steps so that we can actually move forward together. It's a good word, Matt. I think for me, the last thing I'm thinking of is if we need to leave the table or, is it, or if we are booted from a table, we still belong to the bigger table, which mm, we're never, beautiful. 
we're never uninvited from and we always belong to. Nice self. No, I've enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. too. This has been a good conversation. And I think my final thought is that, um, and I think you said it, is the table for me is always in one's heart. Mm -hmm. And, And always in one's heart, um, with God. And, and I like what you said, recalibrating, listening, discerning, and loving. Mm. All right. This Thank was you. a great conversation. Matt, Sophia, James, once again, it's wonderful being at this tiny little table that we sit at together here <laughs> to film this. And Dave, you are masterful. Thank you. Thanks, 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 Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Stay at the Table is hosted by Dr. Tracy Soletta, James Beatty, and Matthew Kistler, and produced by Hear It Sound and Studio. Find out more about Stay at the Table at cornerstonewestchester.com. Thank you.